Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're tuned in around the state online. However you found us, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. A reminder, the Eagle Hour will be at Southern Bank Corps in Midtown Next Wednesday, Scott Berry will be joining us there. They're going to have a big celebration to uh, have the grand opening of the Southern Bank Corps office in Midtown, and uh, we're happy to tell you that the Eagle Hour will be a big part of that. On the road tomorrow as well, down in Purvis at Ramey Motors, Kelly and uh, Michael will be down there, along with uh, Dakota, who always joins us when we're at Ramey. So Eagle Hour on the road here coming up, and, of course, we'll be uh, broadcasting live from the Conference USA Baseball Tournament at the end of the month as well. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and, of course, the Eagle Hour, and a great place for you to take your family for a great meal. Brad Smith, one of the Associate Athletic Directors, joining us a little later of the show. We're going to give you the insight on what's left ticket-wise for the Conference USA Baseball Tournament and also uh, you know, some big changes you're going to see Tomorrow night at the Pete is this new really huge and uh, state-of-the-art uh, scoreboard is going to be unveiled tomorrow uh, during the Old Dominion Series. But we want to start the show off today. We've got the Conference USA uh, Western Division Soccer Trophy here in the studio with us. And uh, Kelly arranged uh, to have one of the assistant coaches and a very special player join us in the studio. So, Kelly, I'm going to let you make the introduction. J.P. Valadares is the assistant uh, uh, women's soccer coach, and, and joining us is a member of the Southern Miss women's soccer team, also a member of the country of Colombia's U-20 World Cup team, Ilana Esquiaro, in the studio today to talk about the Colombian team qualifying for the the U-20 World Cup, and Bob, the pairings are actually going to be, or the drawing to find out the pairings are going to be coming up at 2 o'clock today. So this is really good timing, and it could be where where Ilana is going to have to play for Colombia against the United States. That could happen. You know, we'll wait and see on the draw. As we welcome you, first of all, JP, why don't you get in here first? I want to ask you, um, because obviously the country of Colombia is not right around the corner and with limited recruiting budgets, how in the world are you and Coach Mo and the rest of the soccer coaches able to recruit high-caliber talent when you, you can't go to physically see them play? Well, first of all, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having us here on your show. Uh, we appreciate uh, the opportunity. Uh, the challenges of recruiting, they uh, present itself for the mid-majors. And during COVID, uh, a lot of agencies and People that wanted to come to America, they would start using videos uh, and emailing us coaches to have a look at players, players like Ilana. Obviously, our staff is really good at reading those emails and filtering where the players are from. And when once we find someone like Ilana, we 
reach out to players that played against their uh, coaches that seen her playing on site uh, and do her homework uh, or due diligence to be able to find players like her. So it's not easy, but definitely something that is worth um, doing our work um, and finding players and, like Ilana. And, and as the Southern Miss program, Bob, begins to grow, the Southern Miss soccer coaches are now going to get to start recruiting internationally. Coach Mo is headed north of the border. Tell us about that, JP. That's right. That's right. Coach Mo is going to Canada in June to be able to look at some players on site. So they'll be uh, good for our program. Canada is very strong when it comes to women's soccer, and uh, we're very excited that Coach Mo gets to do that. All right, JP, you got this big beautiful trophy here what a year this was tell tell our listeners what what is the trophy you brought here yes sir uh this was uh our west division trophy we won a regular season this best fall uh we were also able to reach the final and play old dominion uh that's gonna come be coming with us to the sunbelt conference they were also a very strong team we lost in the final but that's our first uh regular season trophy we were able to do that this it's this fall. very symbolic is it not of the progress and the, and the building of the soccer program at southern miss absolutely coach mo has done a tremendous job here he's been around for nine years signed an extension for three years now and uh, he has done so much for the program. Uh, me and Carly were very fortunate to arrive in the right timing and help him out to be able to bring this home. Now, yeah, now your accent, JP, that's very distinct Wiggins, Mississippi. Yes, sir. As I'm you, from Wiggins, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but tell, tell us a little bit about your background. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, not, I'm from Brazil. Um, I came to America to play soccer in Hattiesburg, so my whole life has been in Hattiesburg. I love the city. I've been a Southern Miss fan while I was going at and playing at William Carey. That's uh, my alma mater. But I'm very fortunate to be in Mississippi my whole America life. Uh, but I am from Brazil. <laughs> All right, let, let's talk to Ilana. Let's get her in here now. And again, there's a difference between the World, the, the World Cup team that you see on the big stage and the U-20 World Cup, but it is still the World Cup. And tell us how, as a, first of all, how did you get to be a member of the Colombian team? Ilana, how did that work out? Well, first of all, thank you for having us here. And, well, it was uh, like a whole process. I've been the, with the national team since the U-17. I was basically we because, like, in the country, we, we used to play nationals. And I was playing with Selección Valle. That's my, like, my hometown uh, team. And the coaches were able, like, to go and watch our games. And then they started, like, calling up different players from like all around the place and well that's why I got to the to my first national team called up and the Colombian team then went to a tournament in Chile where there were 10 teams participating that and as one of the top two finishers you qualified for the World Cup which which is going to take place in August in Costa Rica so you're going to miss the first little part of school but tell us now how you'll get back home and how the team will assemble how long will you take to prepare etc well, we're just waiting for the draw, well, like in 45 minutes. Right. And after that, we might, well, the coaches might look our our group, and then we will have a couple of international games in order, like, to prepare to the World Cup. We will also have a camp, probably one or two camps before the World Cup back in Colombia. So we got time, like, to practice and to be, like, 
a team. <laughs> now, you, know, you had several opportunities to go other places. What was it about Southern Miss? And tell us about, you've been here about a year and a half. Tell us about making the adjustment. Yes, well, I like Southern Miss. I like Southern Miss. I like campus. I like Hattiesburg. And it has been pretty good. I feel um, like soccer-wise and school-wise is pretty good. I really like it in here. Uh, well, the cold was an issue for me. <laughs> well, 50 degrees is cold, Bob. <laughs> when you live in Colombia, I guess, right? Yeah, it's always like summer back at home. So, yeah, I was struggling with cold. Right, I, have, I have an observation and a question for you, Alana. You're, you're playing on this World Cup team. You're not as big as a minute. I mean, what position do you play on the field? You, you must be, what, you weigh maybe 90, 80, 90 pounds? <laughs> Well, Bob, I you never ask a woman her, her well, weight. She's tiny. No, she is. Yeah, <laughs> five. She's listed as five three in the program. That's but a stretch. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm five two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, five so they two. lied. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I play midfielder, holding or attacking mid, and well, my strength I feel is like the ball. So I'm not like usually looking for like, physical contact, mm-hmm. but. Uh, like when I have the ball, like I try to play quick, so that's why. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Don't get in a lot of physical contact. Nah. <laughs> I, I've got to let you before we run out of time. I want your observation of Coach Mo because we've never had a soccer player on this show that didn't express the greatest love for Coach Mo. Well, Coach Mo is such a good coach. He, I like it because he cares like about our, like, he cares about us more as like people mm-hmm. like as a person mm-hmm. rather than an athlete or student mm-hmm. so i feel that's pretty good he helped us like growing in every single like phase of our life and well i've learned a lot since since i got here and i like the confidence and support that he provides to all of us you know, kelly a young lady like this is remarkably courageous i mean you're you come a long way from home you come into a different culture you, you come into this university environment, I have great admiration. That takes a lot of courage. Let me tell you, from what I know of Alana, she's the best thing to come out of Columbia since some stuff in college. But yeah. I, I won't even go. go. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're glad to have you here, and uh, we appreciate both of you coming. We appreciate the, what you're doing for the soccer program, and we'll be watching you. So yeah. uh, we, we hope that uh, – we hope your World Cup experience is a good one, and you are coming back, right, to Southern yes. Miss? Yes, of course. Okay, well, thanks both of you guys very much for coming. USM Soccer really making uh, great, great strides, and uh, this young lady uh, a great example and of that. And Coach Mo extends this contract for another three-year extension, so yeah. good for him. So, yeah, so there are good things happening in the USM JP, Athletic Alana, Department. thank you very much. Thank you. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank JP and Alana for coming by the studio. That's a great story. That's a just a wonderful young lady 
Tiny Kelly? How could she be playing world-class soccer? She's tiny. And you know what? I'll bet when she's when she's on the field, you know, attacking mid, like she said, I'll bet I'll bet that attacking happens. It's it's amazing. You look at him and think, nah. But then you see him in action. Get out of the way. Brad Smith yeah. coming on the show in the next segment to talk about the new video board and also how you can buy tickets to the upcoming Conference USA tournament. And uh, following his interview, I'll tell you what, we'll give away some more tickets to the Old Dominion series this weekend and maybe even a couple of tickets uh, to watch Southern Miss humiliate Ole Miss for the second time this year. All right, uh, Kelly, uh, well, first let me thank uh, Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their sponsorship of our show and encourage you when when you're in town this weekend for the ball tournament, make sure you visit Miss Kathleen at Campus Bookmart. Pick you up the latest Southern Miss swag. Conference USA is seeking a court order to stop USM from releasing key records. At issue is the agreement the school reached with Conference USA this year when USM decided to leave the league. A number of publications have have tried to get uh, the, the information regarding the settlement. But last month, CUSA filed paperwork in Forest County Chancery Court asking a judge to order that the agreement is exempt from Mississippi Public Record, the conference arguing that the settlement, quote, contains confidential financial and commercial information, that disclosing that information would uh, greatly and irreparably harm CUSA's interest. What do you make of that, Senator? I don't really understand why they're making such a big deal out of it, because by all reports, and not necessarily from Southern Miss, but from, from other media outlets across the country, it's been reported consistently that the settlement numbers for each school, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss, were in the neighborhood of $1.75 million. Um, so I don't, I don't understand where this is coming from when, again, this really is old news uh, and why it would matter, you know, if both sides agreed. I don't know why it would matter uh, what they agreed to or what they didn't agree to. Now, initially... The conference wanted this, the six point whatever million, which was the original buyout clause. But uh, but when they went to arbitration and then eventually you know settled on that one point seven five, at least according to media reports, one point seven five million for each of those schools. So I just don't understand why. And at this point, if you're Conference USA, it's over. It's done. Let's get on with our lives. Well, I, w- I would think you're right. I-, I-, I can only assume that maybe there's they don't want to show what might have been weakness on their part in the negotiation, that, that they backed off considerably uh, of what they were demanding. I can't imagine it could be anything else. Well, if there was one thing that Conference USA was good at, it's showing their weakness. Uh, yeah. Because the the conference wouldn't be in the condition it's in if it had not been for the weakness of the leadership, you know, from the top on down. So... Um, I just don't understand, you know, where where this is coming from. Not that I guess we should care, but you know, with the loss of the schools that uh, that left, uh, went to the Sun Belt, and then some went to the American Athletic Conference (UAB) among those. Uh, what's left of them to do in football this fall? Just hold it together, right, and and put a schedule out. And again, when you when you announce. You know, just random schools. All right. Now, the biggest complaint that people had with Conference USA is that its footprint, which is the word everybody likes to use now, was too broad. You had schools from El Paso all the way up to Norfolk. Right. So what do they do once these schools announce they're going to leave? They expand the footprint. 
by bringing in Massachusetts and New Mexico State. Yeah. All right, so now you're even further apart than you were before. There, it's just not logical in any way, shape, or form as the way that they have thrown this conference together now just, just to survive. I guess to a degree the Sun Belt did a little bit of that in bringing in Old Dominion, James Madison, and Marshall. But for the most part, it's a much more regional conference. And it's really not going to affect Southern Miss because I believe those schools are going to be over on the east side of the conference. But for Southern Miss, uh, all that terrible travel, all that bringing in schools from El Paso, Texas, that obviously nobody but a handful of parents are going to make that trip there – We'll see, I guess, when football starts, but it just looks like to me that the atmosphere for football and baseball has been enhanced. And it was so glaring before the announcement that Southern Miss was going to the Sun Belt. If you pulled up the Sun Belt's webpage, it had a map of the entire southeast, and there was only one state that didn't have a school. Right. And that was Mississippi. So when you pulled up that page, it was almost screaming at you like would... Would, would some school from Mississippi please join us so that we can darken this entire map? Right. It, was, it was a perfectly logical move. We, we've thought that you know for a couple of years. But things and the landscape does change to where the Sun Belt two or three years ago might have been a small step down. But because Conference USA's leadership had been so passive and indecisive on things, if you don't decide you're going to get better – you're going to get worse because if you're not doing anything, you're, you're getting worse. Where the leadership uh, under Commissioner Gill with the Sunbelt Conference was going forward, it was just a perfect fit. Everything fell right into place. And I just think it's going to be and, – and this fall, like I said, when you can go to some of these road games – uh, drive, leave at 8 o'clock in the morning and be home by bedtime so you can get to Sunday school or church the next day. It's going to be, I mean, and look at what the baseball series already now with South Al is getting to be like. Right. When the Southern Miss fans go down to Stanky Field the other night and wear the South Alabama yeah. fans out. Yeah. You know, I just, it's going to be great. They got a little dose of what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And I would assume, too, that Louisiana Tech did not get invited in because geographically what you're saying there were already two schools from louisiana in the sun belt and their interest was in picking up schools in in new areas where, where they don't have a footprint well and they had and they'd been in the conference before and uh, it, it, you know, yeah so and and apparently there was some bad blood there and some bridges burned and it's kind of a shame in a way because it it is a good rivalry with Southern Miss. There's no question about that. It is, but yeah, then you'd have then you well, and then but then McNeese could speak up and say, well, we want to get in the, you know, the the Sun Belt, and of course McNeese may, depending on which projection you look at, McNeese may be here at the Pete for the for the regional, uh, you know, a little bit later on. So different schools could make di- different if, arguments. If but, there's a regional at the Pete, let's uh, there there will be a regional okay. at the Pete. I hope if, you're right. If not a super regional. I've, I've, I've turned on a new leaf. I'm, I'm not worrying anymore. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, you may not be, but, but what, the, what the people at home don't understand is you, that you, uh, you're now taking 20 milligrams of Xanax. Rather than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this last night, Kelly. My wife and I are about to make a really kind of bucket lift uh, right. list road trip uh, into Montana and all the old uh, western parts of Wyoming. And. Because of ESPN Plus, I, I'm going to try to watch a game atop a stallion 
riding along the border, checking for coyotes and cattle rustlers and watching the baseball game at the same time. And and an occasional redskin, no wait, they've they've been eliminated That's by right. the woke army. You so might run there into are a, no redskins. You might anymore. run into a commander. Uh, hey, if you run into a commodore, a, a commodore, yeah, that's a, no, it's a commander, isn't it? Yeah, it's commander. <laughs> See, now you got me all mixed up. But if you run into Kevin Costner and the boys up there at Yellowstone, you'd be sure to let us know. I'll be sure to let you know. Yeah, rip, and they got ripped. The yeah, guy. yeah, and, that's, uh, yeah. You know, so and you were talking about the conference not wanting you know those details divulged. Now you got different conference commissioners going to Washington to discuss with the Senate, SEC. Yeah, the right. SEC commissioner going to Washington trying to figure out how they can limit image and likeness money for these kids because he thinks that people are going to interpret that it's pay for play. Hmm. Boy, there's a stretch. Can never imagine that that would happen in the SEC, can you? As if it hasn't been going on in the SEC uh, for a long time. But uh, I, I think I think one of the things that they're also going to discuss is, look, the NCAA is just not effective in, in corralling, hurting all these cats and that something has got to change. Because it's it's as, completely out of control now, and and as you've mentioned and, and put so aptly, there is no amateur sports anymore. I'm afraid there's not. Yeah, because no. now and and if it's if the same could be said of college, then what's the next logical step? High schoolers, right? And another thing that concerns me is you know obviously they have things right with college baseball based on the popularity of college baseball, and they're about to start tampering with that, Kelly and. I have great fear that they're going to change what we see now as this almost almost perfect storm, which is college baseball. And lots of times people have to just justify their salaries. You know, they can't just leave well enough alone. They've got to think, well, I'm sitting here making this six-digit salary. I've got to make it look like I'm earning my salary or doing something. That's correct. And you're right. They tinker with it and mess it up when there's nothing wrong with it to begin with. Speaking of baseball, there's no question that uh, Jeremy McClain, since he's come here, has started investing more and more in our baseball program. And uh, you're going to see a big example of that when you go to the Pete tomorrow night. We're going to be talking uh, to one of the associate athletic directors, Brad Smith, about the change at Pete Taylor Park that will be unveiled tomorrow and how you can buy tickets for the upcoming Conference USA Baseball Tournament. When we come back, Brad Smith on the Eagle Hour. Thank you for tuning in on the network this afternoon. Also a reminder, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast 24-7 on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we appreciate all of you all that uh, do log in uh, each and every day. We see the numbers, and uh, we're very flattered at the uh, number of people that uh, choose to do that. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, a great place to enjoy good lunch uh, five days a week. And a great place to enjoy Southern Miss baseball or any sport. It's always on the TV at night. 
and uh, great uh, atmosphere, great memorabilia, cold beer, and uh, just good folks at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and we thank them for all that they do. Going to give away some tickets here in just a few minutes, so uh, be tuned in for that. But first, we want to talk to Brad Smith, who is the Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations at Southern Miss. And uh, and so, Brad, we're talking to you off the air about all the improvements at Pete Taylor Park, the new lighting, the new turf, uh, the things that happened during the offseason, the new netting, and now another big addition being unveiled tomorrow night. Yeah, we are. We're doing all we can to have it ready and operational for tomorrow night is our brand new video board out here. It's a 30 by 50 board. It's huge. If you haven't been out here to see it yet, out in left field, um, it's a beautiful thing to see. So my staff here, we're working really hard to kind of get some of the bells and whistles up and going for us. We're ready to go on Friday night. So what all will it show? What, what will you be able to display on that board that will be different than what we've had in the past? You know, it's, it's very similar um, to our video board at, at uh, football. Um, you know, it's a Dactronic board that we also have uh, in, in men's basketball as well as our volleyball facility. But, you know, we'll be able to run, you know, intro videos. We'll be able to run any of the commercial spots as well. Um, it has a beautiful line score at the bottom there. Instead of seeing the old light bright board that we have look like what I, I like to call it anyway, the light bright board. Um, it is a digital um, display of the line score to be able to keep up with that throughout the game, as well as a lineup um, down the right-hand side of the video board, too. Um, you'll be able to see who the pitchers are, who the players are, who's playing during the game. We'll have starting lineups as they walk up, as well as still images of each one of our players with all their stats on the board, too. So it's larger-than-life ability to be able to put that on the, on the big screen, which is, which is phenomenal. So it adds to our overall game day atmosphere. In addition to some of the investments that you had mentioned earlier with the new turf, you know, with the new lighting that we have around the Pete as well. There's over 191 lights that uh, blink on and off whenever we have home runs and with something that we call the paparazzi feature where all the lights flash on and off during a home run. So uh, so all that's been an important investment to uh, spearhead our baseball program. Right. And I've, I've had a lot of people ask me this question. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to let our listeners know. They've, they've said to me, well, Bob, aren't our kids going to bash the new board up hitting home runs into it? But there is some protective netting in front of it, correct? Correct. There'll be protection in front of them, definitely, in front of that. But, yeah, it's, uh, again, a wonderful addition to our atmosphere. And, uh, and again, you know, there's so many different things that we can do with it that we're still just kind of scratching the surface with. Um, to try to get it up and running by uh, by Friday. Well, one of the things, Brad, that I don't think people understand a lot is that this this new scoreboard is also an opportunity to, quite frankly, make money for the athletic department because it gives another advertising venue for the university to sell, whether it's uh, Junior's fifth birthday that you can flash up there on the screen for a price or, you know, different uh, advertisers around town, whether it's video commercials, whether it's signage around uh, around this scoreboard. So it's an opportunity for the university to, to make some money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's different features on the board you know, with replays as well. Those can be tagged with sponsors. You know, starting lineups can be tagged with sponsors. Um, so, you know, intro videos can be tagged with sponsors. Just, it's just really anything that we want to do. You know, noise meters can be, it can be tagged with sponsors as well. We've got a lot of different animations that we created on the board that people will be able to see on Friday night. But it is a wonderful additional revenue stream and generator for us 
Um, you know, there's several different areas on the board that can be used for that. But yeah, also there's a there's a general mix too of making sure it's not too corporate, but also been able to make sure that the the fan experience is there as well. So th- that's kind of the tricky part is incorporating all that into the board right. and doing it seamlessly to where it doesn't look too commercialized, but also helps us create more. Now, you're not going to kill us with commercials in, in in between every inning. Am I right about that, Brian? We're going to do our best. Absolutely. And it's, <laughs> right, please, please. Brad, not. will that go under the IMG banner? I mean, does IMG, will they have something to do with the scoreboard, or how will that be uh, administratively, how will that be handled? Yes, we, yes, we work with Learfield. They're our multimedia rights partner, and they right. do sell um, sponsorships on the board as well. So we've been working hand-in-hand with them as well and making sure that all of our sponsors around town and regionally and nationally um, are, are making sure their contracts are fulfilled. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, the baseball tournament, upcoming Conference USA baseball tournament, uh, and let's clarify a couple of questions that we're hearing. Are there tickets still available to purchase, and if so, how and when and what do you need to do? Yeah, so we still have um, all session passes are still available. Um, we, ha- we haven't sold single session or single game tickets yet. We're still selling the all session passes. So you can still get general admission all session passes for $110. That's, uh, that's the entire tournament, May 25th to the 29th, which begins on a Wednesday. Um, and then you can also get the chairbacks, all-session chairback seats for 150 And right now I can tell you that the demand is high. We have not sold out. Of course, all of our season ticket holders with the record numbers that we've been having have been buying them as well. But uh, there are availability still available. So I would, if you're thinking about it, I wouldn't think too long. I would go ahead and call it the ticket office. Um, or you can go to southernmiss.com and purchase them online there. Or you can go to uh, 1-800-844-TICK, or you can call locally at 601-266-5418. Go ahead and grab your all-session tournament packages. So general admission, obviously, without the chair back is, is 110. The chair back seats are, are 150. But general admission, too, I guess, gets you in the ballpark, and you could sit along the picnic area down on the side and lawn chairs, that sort of thing. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking to you a little bit of, about this off air. With the magnificent season that baseball has had this year, it's just built on top of one great season after another. Moving to the Sun Belt, where you're going to have a lot more regional flair, you're going to have the Louisiana Lafayettes and the South Owls and the Troys and Ooh. the Monroes here in town. Uh, down the road, Brad, I think there's going to have to be some thought given to maybe expanding the seating at Pete Taylor Park. Yeah, you know, we're always in those discussions. I know Jeremy probably thinks about it at night, you know, so trying to figure out a way to expand the ballpark. So and we're always, and we uh, obviously have open discussions about that. And, I think there's some opportunities to do that as well. You know, like I was telling my staff, you know, it's an opportunity for us moving into the Sun Belt to also market to about 10 new fan bases and market Southern Miss to these regionally and then also make sure that our fans can travel um, to some of our, our places as well. You know, the other night against South Alabama, that place was pretty much gold, you know what I mean? So which right. goes well for our, for our fans. They, they travel well, which is also great. Um, opportunity for us and something that's wonderful that we the reason why we got to the Sun Belt is for a lot of those reasons too mm-hmm. but it, can, it kind of gives us a championship level edge because we can we're able our fans travel and uh gives us that home field advantage away from from the peak so yeah, yeah but but yes there's that's a good problem to have right when you need to talk about expansion no question so that's, awesome. that's just speculation but I mean I, as I see it looks like you could you could build more a seating along the the right field line 
where the picnic area is at right now, where the you know where the stands end. Looks like there's a lot of room to to build additional seating in that direction. I mean that's that's just a a thought, and I'm sure you guys are far ahead of my thinking when it when it comes to that. But could, could you also see an expansion maybe down the road of suites? I think so. You know, I remember back in 2003 when we hosted our first regional that where that picnic area is now was the grassy berm, right? So everybody just kind of brought out picnic blankets and kind of hung out there. Right. I remember doing that when I was a student back then. But, yeah, there's, you know, that's expanded there since then. But I think, yeah, I think anything's on the table um, as far as expansion goes. But, again, we have to really sit down and, and re- really uh, think about it and, and have a strategic plan based around it and make sure that it's, sure. it's cost-effective for us, you know, and we can uh, oh, sure. draw and, more fans to the game. No and, and, and before you put a bid in to host a tournament like this, I'm sure you guys have all kinds of data um, at your disposal about what economically this tournament is going to mean to the city of Hattiesburg and surrounding areas. Can you fill in some blanks for us? Yeah, well, you know, Jeff Mitchell is the overstock for baseball. He kind of put is in charge of running those number, numbers and putting the bid in and all of that for um, and also for hopefully for a regional here in the future. So he, he would have a lot of those numbers. But I would, you know, the economic impact to me, you know, it's got to be well over a million dollars you know, in the community. Just with all the different teams coming in, the hotels, you know, the gas stations, they get filled up, the grocery stores and all that kind of stuff, and our local restaurants as well. If you're not able to come out to the game, I'm sure some of our local restaurants will have the games on TV there, so where you can also kind of partake there and, and can continue to develop that and grow our economics here in the local area, especially in the Pine Belt area. So it's just a win-win for us here in the community, and that's kind of why we're here at Southern Myth. There we go, Brad. Good conversation. All good news. We really do appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, talk to us on the Eagle Hour today. Thank you. I want to plug one thing real quick, if I could. So this weekend is our military appreciation game. Uh, all three games this weekend, fans, if you're in the military, bring up your military ID, you get $6 tickets to the game. So it's a wonderful opportunity to honor our military as well. There we go. Brad Smith, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations, 601-264-8910. Third caller wins two tickets to the Ole Miss game next Tuesday night. Wow. How's that? We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I appreciate everybody calling in. Uh, we got a winner. We're going to introduce him to you in just a minute. Uh, D1 D-Bat sponsors the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. D-Bat's a great place to take kids of any age to uh, fine-tune their baseball and softball skills. Adult athletes of every sport can uh, find great assets at D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street, uh Right downtown, near downtown Hattiesburg, on Hardy Street, by the campus, I guess I should say. And it's a state-of-the-art facility. We really appreciate all that they do for the Eagle Hour. Paul Paget lives in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He is the winner of the tickets between uh, Ole Miss and uh, Southern Miss. Now, Paul, I, I, I want to clarify that I did I did drill down on uh, when you won the tickets that you're not an Ole Miss guy. We, we can't be responsible for putting any uh, red and blue in the stadium next Tuesday night. 
Won't be nothing here but black and gold, Bob. I promise you. <laughs> black and gold. Hey, you're a man after my own heart. You were talking to us about the, all the great football games uh, back in the 80s between the Golden Eagles and Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and we were reminiscing a little bit about Sammy Winder's seven-yard dive and uh, the 7-6 to six win over Mississippi State. And, you know, Golden Eagle fans, younger ones, Paul, I'd like to get your input on this, that weren't around in those days or, or were too young to take that in really have no idea of how big and how electric those games were, do they? Absolutely not, and you can't recreate it, Bob, because uh, you can't put 64,000 people back in Memorial Stadium with USM Ole Miss or Mississippi State. You can't recreate that environment. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was, you know, I think as one time the state Southern game was the biggest sporting event crowd in the history of Mississippi. Well, and it went on, Bob, from Friday to to Monday morning. Right. People didn't make it back to work on time, you know. That's just the way it was. No, you're right. Reggie Collier's told us uh, a story before about uh, they were busing them into Jackson, and they got down about Richton, and the traffic was backed up. And uh, he said the, the guys on the bus were just amazed at how many Southern Miss people were pouring into the city of Jackson that they had backed traffic up miles from Memorial Stadium. I remember that trek from Hattiesburg to Jackson on 49. I remember it well. It, it, was, a, it was a trip. And you just about stop at every red light and have to pull over, you know? Well, yeah. and, and I think that was because the road construction that is currently going on started then. <laughs> yeah, <didn't> maybe. <laughs> well, you know what I remember most about those trips are the trips back home because they were wonderful, weren't they, Paul? Oh, man, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Actually, I can remember one on a Saturday night when it was raining where we won something like 8 to 6 or something over Mississippi State. Yeah, 7 That's to 6. First right. time when Plump Taylor was here. Yeah, seven to six. One of the one of the classic football games ever played, and you know they were so good. In fact, Paul, that both of those schools up north just had enough, and they just broke it off and said, "Well, no mono, that, mono, no, yeah, that, no more." And 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 that's exactly what happened to us. I still have that uh, Claren Ledger Hattiesburg American Sunday headline paper from that game with Clump Taylor and Mississippi State down here in Hattiesburg. First yeah. thing I did the next morning was get up and go get that paper. Oh, yeah. That that was a ritual on Sunday morning. Well, look, man, we really appreciate uh, you listening to the Eagle Hour. I'm going to call you afterwards, uh, let you know when you can come by our studio here and pick up these tickets. And uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy watching the Golden Eagles make it two two in a row this year over Ole Miss next Tuesday night. I say let's 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 ring that tournament at the top. <laughs> and, and but Paul, you have to when Southern embarrasses Ole Miss now next Wednesday. Don't don't feel bad for the Rebels, okay? Oh, I won't. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank you, buddy. Hi, man. Paul Padgett, everybody. He wins the tickets to uh, what Southern Miss and Ole Miss next Tuesday night. Uh, it's going to be pretty electric. And, and he was saying he was telling us off the air that that his dad was uh, friends with with Jim Davenport. And, you know, we talk about all the great football players that Southern Miss has produced over the years. But Jim Davenport now goes a long way back in Southern Miss baseball lore. Um, and, and Jim Davenport played many games in the major leagues with the San Francisco Giants and actually wound up managing 
the San Francisco he Giants. He was a Southern Miss guy. And he was, a, he was an Alabama native, but went to college at Southern Miss. Wow. And then went on and had a great career, both on the field and off the field, with the San Francisco Giants. Jim Davenport. Pretty good stuff there, right? For sure, yeah. All right. Uh, Kelly and Michael Mergens will be in uh, pedal tomorrow. Uh, at Purvis. Ra- Purvis, I'm yeah. sorry. Purvis tomorrow at Ramey Motors with the greatest high school baseball player to ever come out of Purvis. Well, just ask him. Dakota will be joining uh, the guys tomorrow. Always fun down there. Really do always appreciate very much them having us. So we'll be broadcasting there tomorrow afternoon. And we've got the play-by-play voice of Old Dominion on the show, Kelly. Yeah, Ted Alexander is going to join us tomorrow about this. You know, when you you really start researching Old Dominion. It's kind of scary. Yeah, don't let that record uh, be – this is going to be the toughest series, I think, for the Eagles all year long. really hit the ball. And I know you're going to want us to predict, you know, the series this weekend. So I really have to contemplate where I'm going with my predictions. Old Old Dominion, they can rake, buddy. They can hit it. They can swing it. There's no question. All right, so we sure appreciate everybody tuning in every day remember you can catch us on apple audible google podcast spotify stitcher and tune in if you're unable to catch the show thanks to our sponsors thanks to southern bank course studio and most of all thanks to you every day for tuning in to the eagle hour back tomorrow at one o'clock until then southern miss to the top Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.